Hello and welcome to Sports and Songs, episode number 13. This is your host, Dan and Andy, for the Sports and Songs podcast. Welcome, Andy. Welcome. How are you doing today? Good. It's a Saturday. It's the 8th of February. We've got a lot of sports to cover and some good <laughs> Good music to uh, we got some music to cover, some sports to cover, a lot of updates in the sports world as we're transitioning from football, pro football, into uh, you know the the, uh, the winter. We got the baseball camp, training camp, players, pitchers, and catchers report on Wednesday, and so uh, where should we start off with today? Maybe maybe the Super Bowl. They had a game on Sunday, the Super Bowl. Um, Fun game to watch. Exciting game to watch. Uh, Mahomes got MVP. Really nothing flashy or special. There wasn't a fancy trick play. There wasn't a spectacular whatever. It was a pretty basic game, but fun to watch. It was fun. I did like that Mahomes got the MVP. Uh, although he did throw two interceptions, I thought maybe the running back would get it with scoring twice, but... Uh, Mahomes, right. Mahomes did well, but the more impressive thing, I think, is those three straight playoff games under Mahomes' leadership coming from behind with double-digit deficits to win, which is the most yeah. impressive thing, I think. So that was very good. Yeah, but happy for Andy Reid for getting one now and getting that monkey off his back. So. And I think with the San Francisco group, as young as they are with that management coaching staff, uh, I have no problems with them. Um, losing this game because I think they will be back. Yes, yes. But yeah, for Andy Reid, I like it. Um, uh, that was that was very good. Anything else now? As we head into the draft, is in April for the NFL draft, and uh, that's really it for football. We'll have a little downtick here uh, uh, for the NFL. Uh, yeah, with- nothing too major. No, it's, uh, they kind of when they shut down, they shut down hard. And now we got the XFL. Well, the XFL kicks off today. I uh, did order my cap. It did come yesterday in the mail. In fact, I'm wearing it right now. My official Seattle Dragons ball cap for the XFL. Games kick off today at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock, and also tomorrow, 1 and 4. And uh, should be ex- should be exciting stuff. Quicker games, now, a lot of action. Now, from what I understand, the kickoffs are even a little different. We're... Uh... They kick off, and you can't run down the field with the guy catching it. So, yeah, it's going to make for exciting plays because uh, they're going to get a chance to really r- ramp up some speed on that kickoff return, um, and then um, you know it's, it's going to be pretty explosive. A uh, lot, a lot of action. I like their uh, point after conversion options. Uh, there's no yep. kicking, uh, no kick point after kicks. Uh, field goals they do still have. And the punting is different, too. You can't really kick out of bounds down in the corner. Like the NFL, you see a lot of these good punters that are good at kicking the coffin corner kick. Uh, right. Results in no return, but it's trying to get the ball out within the 20-yard line or deep in the opponent's territory. Here in the XFL, you have to kick it essentially down the middle and not out of the end zone. It's going to force these returns to uh, to make the play, to make the return. So looking yeah, forward to that. You're inside the 50, fourth down, you might as well go for it because even down there, an interception is good as a punt. Correct. So it's going to put a lot of timing. Uh, it's going to be a lot more action packs uh, and quicker games, shorter halftime, and the play clock is shorter. So these games will be done uh, two hours and 45 minutes uh, 
probably will be the average for, for these games. I'm looking forward to that. The games this weekend for the, for the listeners out there is uh, ABC has the first game today. Fox has a second game. That first game kickoff is Seattle Dragons at DC Defenders at 1 p.m. Central Time. And then uh, the LA Wildcats at the Houston Roughnecks. And that's the 4 o'clock game Central Time on Fox. And so it's a 10-week schedule. Um, four games, all televised, no midweek games, and then uh, two-round playoffs. And it ends in, in April, April 26th, it concludes. So a lot of these guys were stars in college. They didn't seem to make it too well in the pros, um, but still some, some good athletes in this league. I think it'll be pr- pretty good, pretty good. A lot of these coaches trying to get back in the NFL, too. So they're not just retired coaches collected the check. They want to get back to the NFL as well. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good development league or a farm system league, I guess you could call it, uh, to get in. It's not competing with the NFL at all as the NFL is done uh, from the Super Bowl. So it's not uh, overlapping on their schedule at all. And some of these guys are going to do well to showcase their talents to uh, – to make that draft, I think so, uh, and to yep. potentially play in the NFL. So it'll be interesting, I guess, nonetheless, to see how this how this all shakes out. Uh, so that's all I've got for that. The one thing I heard on it was uh, Kaepernick. I said Kaepernick's not in it. Kaepernick's not in it. No one invited him. No one wanted him because he wants to play in the NFL. And you know, my thing is. Playing the XFL, write it up and show me you still got it. I agree with that, and yeah. and and you're correct. He did not get invited, and he wouldn't have played it even if he did get invited. And that's that's the type of caliber players that we're missing in the XFL. Is um, you have to first of all want to do it. First of all, and some are right. are 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 above that. They don't want to stoop down to play in a league like this. Uh, but they could, like you said, they could tear it up, put up some huge numbers, and. Uh, but- a guy like Kaepernick's making more on shoe deals and book deals than he would in XFL, so that's probably what he's looking at, too. I agree, yeah. Uh, that's true. Anything else for football? Uh, that guy does it for football for me. Sounds good. Well, now let's move on to some other sports. Let's uh, let's touch on some college sports next. What have you got for yeah, us, got, Andy? I've got the rankings here still. Uh, not much change in uh, basketball men's and women's. Top three did not change from last week. Men's basketball still sees Baylor at one, Gonzaga at two, Kansas at three. And the women still have South Carolina at one, Baylor at two, Oregon at three. And hockey, men's hockey, North Dakota moves back to number one. Cornell drops to number two. Minnesota State at three. And the Bemidji State Beavers move up to 18 from 19 last week. Sweet. And Boys hockey, they have a. You remember a while ago we talked about the Mariucci Cup, uh, the Mariucci Classic with the Gophers and the Minnesota teams in it? They have one in Boston called the Bean Pot. It was the 68th annual Bean Pot. They do it a little different. They have games Friday, the February 3rd, and the 10th will be the second round of the game, not the same weekend like we did it here. So that's what's going on out there. That's their, their thing out there. Um, and the teams included are Boston College, Boston University. Harvard and Northeastern. It all started on uh, 1952. You know, Boston Arena when it started. The next year, the Beanpot moved to the Garden and then played there since, become the official battle for Boston hockey, or hockey as they say it. Breaking rights. Um, 
Northwestern opened the semifinal round with a 3-1 victory over Harvard this year. For the years to the day after securing the program's first being pot title in 1980. Um, and, uh, they have a shot to 3P. Do so, past Boston University, who rallied the beat, or stud actually Boston College 5-2 in double, or 5-4 in double overtime. So, hockey fans out in Boston, they kind of get their fix these next couple weeks. That's their big event that kind of kicks off their uh, season. Uh, women's hockey, we used to have Wisconsin at one. Cornell moves up to number two. Northeastern at three. And Minnesota dropped to number four from number two. And the also getting votes part was the Bogey State Beavers. Um, as far as tennis weekend, we're real heavy on baseball today, so I'll be posting that stuff on Facebook later. The rankings, and also there'll be stories about, yep, Girls hockey tournament has started already. Their sections tournaments have started. Not really a lot of major upsets so far. So the top seeds are advancing through. So everybody's still sitting good there. But um, that will post sometime today on the Facebook page. Looking forward to that. Now, should we jump into uh, pro pro sports as far as uh, hockey and a little ba- base uh, basketball? Got a little hockey news here. Um, NHL is expanding. And they're going to another team out in Seattle. Seattle get another team. Uh, they got the XFL, now they're going to get a team. Seattle has been having contests to come up with a name for the team. And uh, one name that kind of really started to joke, but people are afraid of the name, you know, is the McCracken. Um, and they, so people are like, well, yeah, we'll call them McCracken, uh, which is native to the area out there. You know, uh, so their name, but what they're afraid of is everybody's going to short it to the crackheads as the fans, and the stadium would be the crack house. And so they're afraid of stuff like that, but the fans are loving the name McCracken. Uh, it's, just, it's called McCracken in short. They've got logos made up, shirts made up, people suggested on. And the team has said they haven't drawn without the name. They're still considering the cra- Kraken as a name. And if the fans want to shorten the stadium to the crack house and call themselves crackheads as fans, so be it. But you think if they did that, they made shirts. You're not going to print them fast enough. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But uh, so that's that's the news in the NHL. They're expanding. I mean, look at Seattle. If they get the team, you already got a rivalry with Vancouver just to the north already. Um, talking to my sources out in the Seattle area. Ticket sales, they, they sold out season tickets right like within just a couple hours. Just not, not an issue. Kind of like when the wild started here. So couldn't make them, couldn't print them fast enough. So. They're all excited out there. They're ready for hockey. they got some minor league teams out there already, so the first is there. Um, should be good for the NHL to see them expand out west more like that, too, I think. Now, is there, Andy, is there going to be a team in the NHL leaving now, or is there just going to be a straight-up expansion no, of one team? No, they're adding teams. Adding. Okay. Got it. Yep. Yep. And uh, as far as the NBA goes, uh, the Timberwolves made some moves the other day. Um, they made two trades, but here's the funny thing. Uh on their roster. By the time the trade deadline was done that day, Timberwolves had two players, Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Ogney, were the only two members that were on the team last year. They traded everybody else. So, wow. It's, yes. And a lot of trades were my bench guys for your bench guys. It's just, it was a chemistry thing for both locker rooms with the teams made the trades. It's like, let's look at fresh blood in here. This ain't working. So nothing really major. Yeah, we got the, um, D'Angelo Russell for uh, 
Vegan's trade. But in my opinion, they're both just as good, but I think it just would be a fresh place to go. Now tonight, the uh, Wolves play at home against the LA Clippers, and they'll be able to see this. Uh, we'll be able to see the new roster uh, take shape here tonight. Right, we'll see how they start going. See, if, I mean, not expecting a big win, but you know, it should be fun to watch the rest of this year. Let them get used to each other. But next year will be the season to watch if they improve and make it worth it. Very good. Anything more on pro sports uh, that don't relate to baseball? Because we'll have a full segment on that next. Anything else? Um, yeah, no. Two rules of route, both still sitting, you know, out of the playoff race. They still got jump six teams to get in it. So if you want to go, you just go as a true fan to watch. Um, not a real good playoff push for the team, but it's fun to watch the young kids fighting for a spot for next year. All right. Sounds good. All right, let's move on to baseball, professional baseball. Uh, we can touch into it's a hot stove league here, Andy. Uh, getting hot and heavy here before our pitchers and catchers report next week. We've got some trades. We've got lots of things going on. Where where would you like to start? Well, Twins were part of a four-teamer this week with our uh, uh, Dodgers and the Red Sox. And I guess there's been some homework on the uh, physicals from our end. So the, tr- the trades aren't 100% official, about 95% official. But uh, this is kind of like saying one bad apple could ruin a whole apple cart for everything on it. If one guy doesn't pass physical, none of this goes through. And if it doesn't go through, there's going to be some angry folks. So let's go through who, which, which teams get who here. Uh, let's start off with the, with the Dodgers. Do they get uh, – it, it, the whole thing is really the Mookie Betts deal, right? David Price? Right. <clears throat> yeah. And, and David Price, is, you're, you're paying for his, what he's done the past. He's not worth what he's yeah. getting. I think part of the deal that the Dodgers was the Red Sox are still paying half of that deal. Yeah, I think, it's, of, I think uh, it's to – so the Red Sox made that move to, to free up some cap space on salary, right? Yeah. Okay. And then we get the, uh, boy, the Mookie Betts, uh, some consider this, is he the second best player in all of baseball behind Mike Trout? Yeah, that's what they're saying. One could argue um, that. And then we've got. Some say it's 1A one and 1A, one, one but. <clears throat> um, and then the Twins gave up one of their top prospects, uh, number two. I think a number two pitching or number three overall prospect is uh, our pitcher. The the fireballer who can throw 100 miles an hour is part of the deal to to go to the Red Sox, and in return the Twins would get Dodger pitcher Kenta Maeda, uh, a yes. starter that can also be used as a reliever in the playoff system, and this would be huge for the Twins because they could throw him in as a number three starter behind. Well, he's a three starter with the Dodgers, and he's averaging 10 Ks a game, so. Correct, and if we have the Twins would have Barrios at number one, Odorizzi number two, Maeda at number three, and that would be very, very good. We still got, uh, who's the minor league guy that we signed, uh, Chaching? Chaching? Yep, from Boston also. Uh, from yeah. Boston also. So if this all pays out, I think it would be a worthwhile trade to get this guy um, because when they made the postseason in the past, when teams go with uh, you know two- or three-man rotation, they'll move Kenta Maeda into the bullpen, and he's very effective there as well. So this could right. this could really make things interesting. But 
like you said, they got to solidify this deal because pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday. Well, some reports are saying, too, the Red Sox and Twins are going back and forth trying to wrap it up. In case that goes through, the Red Sox and Dodgers are even looking at other teams to be that third team in the deal. So, now speaking uh, of, they're going to plan B ready just in case. Now, speaking of the Dodgers, did Jock Peterson was part of another trade that sent him to the Angels, I think. Yep, no, separate from all this, okay, yeah. gotcha. <clears throat> well, that's a lot of action, a lot of activity going on here, a lot of making, a lot of news as the season comes up. You know that, Andy, two weeks from today, the Twins take on the Pittsburgh Pirates in the first exhibition game schedule. I saw the Twins are playing an exhibition game in the Dominican Republic, too, it looks like, right? Um, I don't. No, but I think that could be true. I know they start the season, they play their annual game against the Minnesota Gophers, uh, I yeah. think, uh, uh, the Friday before. But the first pro game is the Pittsburgh Pirates two weeks from today. And uh, that'll be interesting. This is all going to be interesting. Each team is allowed 20 non-roster invites, or they're called them NRIs, non-roster invites. So that's a fun chance to look at some of these younger guys as well. And you know, some other free agents are still sitting out there, not really free agents, but possible trades. Um, Chris, D- or, uh, Chris Bryant, I'm sorry, of the Cubs. And a lot of teams are looking for him. It's basically the teams who missed out on Josh Johnson. They're looking at him. Okay. Uh, Braves, the Rockies, the Nationals, the Rangers, stuff like that. And also, Free uh, is still getting some interest from a couple of teams, too. So, still some decent names out there that are sitting out there that I've got an update on the uh, other baseball news, not Major League Baseball but related, but the Caribbean Series, the annual Caribbean Series just finished up last night. It's the Dominican Republic beating Venezuela 9-3. to And what that is, is the top six teams get invited to this Caribbean Series. The top six teams... Sorry, the best team in six countries, six different countries. It's the top team in uh, in Central America. There, uh, all make this Caribbean series, and they play a, a pool pool play um, over the course of a week. And a championship was last night. Dominican Republic winning. That's pretty big down in Central America. It's a big, big tournament. Next year, Andy, they've they've declared the host site for this Caribbean series in Mazatlan, and I am planning. To attend, I'd like to go see a couple of games in the Caribbean Series down in Mazatlan next year. Uh, it's always held the first week in February, so hopefully by next year at this time I'll be able to report live from one of those games. I don't care, you know, particularly who I see down there, but um, I like to uh, take trips down to the Mazatlan area. And if this next year, I'd like to incorporate that trip in with catching this baseball series at the same time. Um, it's a pretty pretty wild atmosphere down there, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, speaking of other baseball leagues, the Australian Baseball League had their finals wrap up. Uh, the Melbourne Aces won two nothing, won two games to none against South Australia. Melbourne Aces also have, like we said, uh, that's a team that won it. They play for the Claxton Shield, is a trophy they play for down there. Okay. Named after Murray Claxton, who uh, donated the trophy to be awarded to the, the state winning the annual Australian Championship. Uh, Claxton, the first president of the South Australian Baseball League in 1913, originally intended the team which won the trophy for three successive years to become the permanent holder. 
after South Australia won the first three years of competition involving this trophy, all states decided that it should become the traveling trophy, hence named the Claxton Shield competition. But kind of like the Stanley Cup, it's, it passes around. But uh, the Melbourne Aces did win it last night. Uh, Dimitri Young, ex-twin, on there, so that worked out for him. And I looked up on the Australian League site. Lots of ex-twins playing through the Australian League. But I think the most famous player uh, from our generation that we remember was Graham Lloyd played in the Australian League. Hmm. Australian player. So uh, a few other names I kind of recognize players came through, so it's kind of fun to look at. But yeah, a lot of these uh, other country leagues are wrapping up now and getting ready for spring training because these players do come up here for, for invites. Yeah, the other interesting thing back in that Caribbean series, the semifinal game, which was Thursday night, the winning pitcher was Logan Darnell, former twin six-round draft pick in, I think, 20, 2014. Uh, so a lot of these guys uh, are down there that are they're at that on the bubble to go down there to improve their their uh, status and whatnot. But he was a winning pitcher in the semifinal game, a uh, former twin, Logan Darnell. He, uh, so that's all I've got for that. Anything more for hot stove baseball, Andy? Uh, just a little bit. Um, Allison Nacken. Uh, I put a thing on the uh, Facebook page about her. She's uh, making history being the first full-time female coach in the major leagues. Gabe Kapler of the Giants. Oh, yes. To be on the, oh, I did see that, yes. She's been an intern for a few years there, so now she's finally got you know, a paycheck to go with it. Um, uh, so it's first female to have a, a coaching position. Um, she's going to be uh, a part of the social media part. Uh, she's going to be doing some other things. Lots of people are very excited about this. She's not just – she said it, if you watch the video, I don't know, when her and Gabe talked about this, talk about her being a coach, not the first female coach, not this or that, just a coach. Uh, she did play softball in college at Sacramento State. And uh, she was sort of a major league assistant city manager, like the Gabe Kapler on 13-person staff. Assist first base coach, base running and outfield drills, as, long as, as well as throwing batting practice and – stuff like that before the game. So she's going to be doing stuff. Um, she will not be one of the seven uniformed coaches at the dugout during games, though, but she has plans to be in the cage helping players during the game. So mm. she won't have a shirt. She won't be on, in the bench, but she's part of the coaching staff. So that's kind of a – people think if you don't have a jersey on, you're not part of the coaching staff in baseball. That's wrong. There's a lot of the coaches you don't see. Right. So that's kind of exciting to see that, that step going forward. Um I have no problem with it. I, if you can coach and you know the game, teach me. You know, that's the way I look at it. Nice. Well, very good. All right. That wraps up that. All right. Excellent. All right. Now time for the musical segment of the show. Andy, what have you got for musical this dates in history, birthday types of right, notes? Now, we'll start with the history part first. Um, kind of a little out of order here. We'll start with the most important one. Um, 1959, February 3rd, known as the day the music died. Um, that's when rock and roll musicians Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the big bopper J.P. Richardson were killed on a plane crash near Clear Lake, Iowa, along with pilot Roger Peterson. 
Lovett later became known as the day he died after singer-songwriter Don McLean referred to as such in his 1971 song, American Pie. At the time, Holly and his band, consisting of Waylon Jennings, uh, Tommy, Tommy Aethop, and other artists, were, Waylon Jennings was his band, that's just incredible, that's just amazing, and Carl Birch, were playing at the Winter Dance Party Tour across the Midwest, raising artists, Rogers, Richard Allens, and J.P. Richardson, and Dion, and the Belmonts had joined the tour as well. The long journeys between the venues on broad, as cold as time of year, on comfortable tour buses, and everything else. After stopping at Clear Lake to perform, frustration by such conditions, Holly chose a charter plane to reach the next destination, which was Moorhead, Minnesota. Richardson, suffering from the flu, swapped plane sleeps with Jennings taking his seat on the plane. So Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that plane. Oh. The rest of the band. Okay. Soon after it took off, late in the night in the poor wintry conditions, the pilot lost control of the light aircraft, which, which eventually crashed into a cornfield. Everyone on board was killed. The event has such has been such mentioned in various songs and films. A number of monuments have been erected from the crash site in Clear Lake, and an annual memorial concert is held. At the Surf Ball one. Now, I've heard other stories about that where Waylon Jennings said stuff where it was him and someone else flipped the coin to see who would go. And Waylon lost the coin flip. And he and Waylon says this, he goes, the one guy goes, Well, I hope your car don't freeze up. And Waylon says, Well, I hope your plane don't crash. And I think that's when Waylon started drinking real heavy after that. So uh Oh. So yeah. That's that's that was February third. Uh, other musical notes: February first, nineteen eighty-seven. Now, I know it was Journey wrap up the Raised on Radio tour with a show in Anchorage, Alaska. It's their last tour with Steve Perry, who makes one more album with the band Trial by Fire in nineteen ninety-six. February first, nineteen eighty-five, the Eagles' Glenn Fry makes his acting debut in an episode of NBC's Miami Vice with the song Smuggler's Blues. February 4th, 2017, Black Sabbath for their final concert to their farewell in England, in Birmingham. Their final song of the night, Paranoid, was streamed live on Facebook so fans around the world could witness the historic moment on stage. February 5th, 1998, Tim Kelly, guitarist of Slaughter, dies in a car accident in Arizona at the age of 35. Mm. Birthdays, some of our birthdays. Uh, February 2nd, Robert Malone, who formed Stone Temple Pilots on his brother Dean and lead singer Scott Whalen, was born in New Jersey. 1946, Howard Bellamy of the Bellamy, Bellamy Brothers was born. February 3rd, 1947, Dave Davies of the Kinks. You like the Kinks? Yes. Kinks. Uh, he was born in England, February 4th. Vincent Farner. Oh, yes. I know this person. Yes. You know him. He was born in Detroit. Yes. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, yes. Uh, February 5th, 1964. Bass player Duff McKagan is born. Michael Andrew McKagan uh, in Seattle. Uh, 1948. Actor, actor Christopher Guest, known as Alan Burroughs of the fictional folk group The Forksmen, 
and Nigel from Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Yes. Love that. Uh, 1962, February 6th, Axel Rose was born. Uh, birth name, William Bruce Rose Jr. And February 7th, 1962, Garth Brooks was born. Troyell Garth Brooks in Oklahoma. And uh, that is what I got for birthday, sir. Oh, very good. Let's put in your uh, cassette player this week. Well, this week I've been listening to the album by Mad Season called Above, 1995, released March 14th, 1995. And I picked this album for a specific reason today. It isn't well, it isn't that well known, but the connections, I like the connections in this for all you music buffs out there. Mad Season was formed, it was a super group called Mad Season that only performed uh, and produced one album ever. This was the only one put together by a super, a super group that formed. The connection here is that John Baker Saunders, a bass player from the Lamont Cranston Band in Minnesota, checked himself into rehab in yep. Minneapolis. And guess who he checked himself into rehab, uh, ended up meeting the guitarist from Pearl Jam, Mike McCready. McCready was okay. work, Mike McCready was working on the Pearl Jam album Vitalogy, went into rehab for substance abuse, met up with John Baker Saunders, who we didn't know previously. They got together, they got clean, and said, let's head back to Seattle and do a side project. Well, they did this. So they, they met in rehab, 1994, Minnesota Connection. Also, they go to Seattle, which is the other mainstay of our show today, focusing on yep. Seattle. So Mike McCready, guitarist, started in Pearl Jam in 1990, went into rehab. They found a, a uh, lead singer named Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. They yep. formed a group, a side project called the Gacy Bunch, named after John Wayne Gacy, the famous clown serial killer called themselves the Gacy Bunch, performed at some nightclubs, performed at some small cafes and nightclubs, and uh, they got to be pretty popular. They knew they couldn't go with that name, so they named themselves Mad Season as a type of mushroom, hallucinogen mushroom, that comes into bloom once a year, one time a year, that creates uh, hallucinogens. It's called the Mad Season. They named themselves the Mad Season and picked up drummer from the Screaming Trees, and Skin Yard, also from Seattle, named Barrett Martin on the drums. They formed, made this album. John Baker Saunders later died 1999 of a heroin overdose after he relapsed only at the age of 44. Lane Staley dies later in 2002, and the band really folds up. But interesting how they tied together uh, these two John Baker Saunders, bassist, and Mike McCready both go in to a rehab facility to get clean, come back to Seattle, and they want to grab Lane Staley, who himself was battling addiction. They thought this would be a good time to be around sober musicians in a push to help Lane Staley get himself sober. Well, it kind of worked. They recorded the album in Seattle at Bad Animals Studio, owned by the Hart Sisters, Anne and Nancy Wilson. Their album was called Bad Animals. They created their own studio called Bad Animals. That's where this was filmed. And 
the interesting thing is, although the music is very good, it's considered grunge. It's, the music is very, yeah. very good on this album. The lyrics are all written by Lane Staley. Um, the lyrics on all these songs are very interesting. The lyrics deal with his struggle against addiction, as well as other personal troubles he was going through. And uh, it's very interesting with some of these uh, song titles. Uh, I Don't Know Anything, Lifeless Dead, November Hotel, All Alone, I'm Above, which uh, was the title track on that song. Uh, the album was called Above. And River of Deceit and the song Wake Up. Very interesting uh, lyrics. If you take the time to listen to the lyrics, it's, it's all very strange. Lane Staley was also reading the book The Prophet, written by Khalil Gilbrin. And he felt that Lane Staley going through this was on a spiritual mission going through this uh, at the time. So very interesting. The music is very good. It's 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 very different, uh, I would call it. Uh, but it's still considered grunge. Um, the album was ranked number 18 on Rolling Stone's top 50 grunge albums of all time. And wow. So for those who didn't know, it's 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 very interesting. A lot of Seattle connections with this group. It's really known as a super group. And uh, that's the album that I've been listening to here for the week. A uh, lot of very good. Uh, McCready on the guitar is, is very good. And you get a guy by the name of Barrett Martin on the drums, who's known for his tribal drumming. Uh, very has a very tribal, Indian tribal mix to it. And that comes through on this album. He also plays the double bass, the cello, the marimba, and the vibraphone. It's a, I recommend getting it. It's a very... It's a very interesting album. Many call it a cross between Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam, but it's called Mad Season. The album is called Above, came out in 1995, and has very close ties with Minnesota and Seattle. That's all I've got. All right. I have got a few concert announcements for the week, or for, the, for this week, not concert uh, this week, but our announcements for this week. Just a reminder, February 24th, the XL Kiss with David Lee Roth opening up. Excellent. Uh, February 24th, the XL. May 8th is the Twin City Takeover at Target Center. With bands like Godsmack, Robeat, and Fozzy. And then July 3rd, XL, Ozzy Osbourne. Wow, this should be good. And El- so good coming up for some, some bands to stand up to us, see? Yes. But, uh, yeah, we got uh, spring training starting this week. Next week, we got the Daytona 500. You big uh, Daytona Insight next week. I'll have a report for the guest to air next week with that meeting. Trying to work on that still. And before you know it, it'll be March Madness time as the uh, high school season kicks into high gear with tournaments, sectional tournaments, and state tournaments coming up here. We'll yep. be covering, we'll yep. be covering all that. It's turny time, boys and girls. So please leave your comments below with any questions and even requests of uh, certain teams you want us to follow, high school, college, or pro. Well, see you next week, Andy. All right, talk to you later. Be good. Thanks.